Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's great to be here, Dan. All right, Chris. Good to have you back. Missed you last week, um, and over the the you know week or so since we last recorded, um, debt ceiling it's pending. It's coming quick. Uh, you know, Biden announced that he's cutting short his visit to Asia to focus on the debt ceiling issue at hand. Um, we saw uh, McCarthy uh, said his meeting with Biden was was more productive this go round. Um, what's what's the latest news on the debt ceiling um, that you've heard, and have you seen any impact on the market? Um, look. The debt ceiling is as much um, an orchestrated political event as it is anything else. The only incremental nuance this time is there's factions in both parties that could block it and keep it from happening. And as we've stated this entire really first half, that the U.S. Treasury tax receipts were going to fall well short of expectations and pull this, this date forward, which it's doing, and it may continue to do. Um, so I, the, the market hasn't reacted. The equity market really hasn't reacted. The sovereign CDS market has clearly reacted. Uh, the short-term U.S. Treasury market has definitely reacted when you just compare uh, the different uh, yields on the very front end to just a few more months out. Um, but the truth is we're, we're really not is far along in the negotiations as we really need to be. So we still don't have, you know, they can go meet and they can come out and say it went great. Then they can come out and say it's not going so well. But uh, the reality is we need to start getting things documented on paper so that we can actually uh, pass the increase in the debt limit. And that's not happening. So uh, I expect it to happen. Um, I, I can't imagine we're going to get a comprehensive solution. It'll be just a, a patch, and we'll have to come back to it later. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a 12th-hour deal, and they may run into some real logistical problems on meeting the deadlines. And, and we'll see, you know, if, <laughs> if the U.S. Treasury creeps draining its cash at, like, $50 billion a day, then they may not have near enough time to get it done. But it'll happen, and it'll get done. And the market knows that. There's just some, a little bit of concern in the, the most nearer-term maturities. Um, and as we're thinking about the other big issue out there, um, rates, and thinking about are we getting any closer to a rate pivot? And you know, I asked this on the, on the heels of our, our last conversation. Um, with the continued volatility in the banking sector, do you think now is, is the time for a cut? Yeah, I think they need to be cutting now, but they're not going to. Um, and so let's talk about when it, a rate pivot, not on what they should do, but what they're going to do. And unfortunately, they're not going to cut rates until equity markets and or uh, there are severe dislocations in the functioning of credit markets or we see a significant rise in unemployment. And until those things happen, they're not going to cut rates. Um, and I would include in that, you know, further banking stress and more bank failures, which is clearly a possibility. So, you know, the bank runs are being engineered via the derivatives markets. They're, it's a clear targeting campaign, and the banks are incredibly vulnerable. And the only way you can change that, in my mind, is to uh, cut rates 200 basis points and stop QT. Um, but in order for the Fed to do that, it means there's more damage out there. 
So things will be worse than what anybody expects right now in order to get the Fed to move. They're not going to do this proactively. And this is very consistent with history. Um, every time we've seen a Fed pivot, we never bought them till after the Fed pivoted because they had to acknowledge that monetary conditions were too tight. So I don't expect it to be any different here. Um, it's just a debate as to whether it's going to come in the form of uh, a, a much more significant slowdown in economic activity and lower market prices, or is it going to come out via a banking, a further banking crisis? And only time will tell. Um, and then kind of speaking about, you know, what we're seeing here with, with overall economic slowdown, um, you know, further earnings decline, it's, it's becoming more apparent to the market. Um, you know, we saw this in a couple of different examples. Um, you know, we saw this in, in Home Depot's recent earnings release. Uh, if you look at bank loan officer surveys, you know, they're showing more weakness is expected as we move forward. Um, and now, given inflation, you know, we anticipate it's going to remain sticky around 4% or so, um, and the Fed would only be cutting rates or suspending QT because of the further instability in the markets or the economy. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what do you think the range of potential, with, with this range of potential economic uh, scenarios, if we're looking at, you know, something like the S&P, you know, what, what do you think are reasonable upside, downside outcomes? Yeah, so it, it's so interesting, and, and all of this really is contingent on Fed action, because, you know, the, what the economy's gonna do is already kind of locked and loaded, right? The inventories that need to be depleted, the goods that need to be put on sale to clear those inventories and gross margins fall and that press, pressures earnings and wages are rising and insurance costs are still rising and property taxes are still rising. So the market knows directionally where uh, margins are headed. Our own view is we think we're going to bottom with the S&P annualizing about $180 in, in earnings. Um, and that's, you know, probably 20% lower than current street estimates. And so the market is either implying that, yeah, our assumptions for more margins decline are incorrect, um, and the Fed's going to stay here with current rates, and they're going to be allowed to stay here with current rates, and the banking issues are behind us, and everything's behind us. And in that scenario, you know, the S&P is within 5% of where it's going to end up, Right. So you're gonna have you're gonna keep your twenty something multiple, and you're gonna put it on two hundred dollars and something, and you know you're gonna be around, you know, forty two hundred plus or minus two hundred on the S and P, which that's not very interesting. Um, the downside scenario is that yeah, the Fed's gonna stick to their guns, and they're really gonna ring out inflation, and earnings are gonna go down to one eighty. And we're going to have a capital shortfall. And when the Fed goes or the Treasury goes to replenish their TGA account and they'll do what you, know, you would term a super issuance in August, um, you know, it's going to coincide with the weakest element of economic activity, the lowest points in earnings, a seasonally weak period and a massive amount of liquidity leaving the market. And when you put all that together, it's lower multiples, lower earnings, and you get an S&P much closer to 3,000. Um, and then, you know, the bull case is the Fed's going to cave and they're going to make an adjustment to how they price the reverse repo. That two point something trillion can flow into capital markets and, and fund, uh, fund federal deficits and you're going to supercharge liquidity, and that may, in fact, boost growth 
um, towards the end of the year, and you put that scenario together, and you know you get the the rate cuts that would likely go with that, and you're going to keep a, a a very elevated multiple, you know, twenty plus, and you're going to get an S and P that's going to run up to five thousand. So, it is. I really think the Fed holds the outcome of equity markets in their hands. Um, I I think the fundamentals of earnings are not necessarily going to be the driver here. It really is going to be dictated by the damage done with the higher cost of capital and or the Fed's willingness to let the economy reprice that higher cost of capital in the private sector and in the public sector. And if they do that, we will take equity markets, I think, um, at least 20% lower. Um, If they're not willing to do that, and they're going to pivot, uh, then I think you're about flat to, you know, potentially exiting uh, 23 into 24, talking about 5,000 on the S&P. So very interesting period of time. Uh, if, you, if you're not focused on the, the surface level of the S&P, but you're really looking at what's going on in small, mids, and large across all industries, you can see the deterioration beneath. And the participants have crowded into the same large tech holdings, and that's what's keeping the S&P elevated. And the irony may be, as things improve and other sectors rally and other market caps rally, you could actually see the S&P sell off, uh, simply because everybody's crowded into a few few securities at the top, and those funds will come out of there, and that's going to wait on the overall averages. So you know, I think it's really interesting what's going on. I think we're going to get great shots. Um, it, I think investors need to be preparing. If they're not already making allocations, they need to start thinking about getting more cyclical. You know, we certainly are trying to take a very tactical approach at the security level in this environment and can already start to put some incremental capital to work. But given the potential range of outcomes, we're not we're not quite all in. We're still holding a little bit of cash. So uh, should be a fun rest of the year. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, pretty big spread there. So, yeah. um, but thank you for that. And you know, we'll keep, we'll keep uh, everyone aware and keep watching them um, and take a look. And we'll be back here in, in no time. So thank you, Chris. We'll catch you soon. You bet. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson strategies.